Hello and welcome to 709 Meridian. I'm Andrew. And this is D. And we are wrapping up season three with the original Jaws, 1975, directed by Steven Spielberg, his second movie. Uh, and then after the after the movie, we will reveal season four's subjects. And uh, let's see what else. If you don't want to listen or if you don't want to watch along with the commentary, you can listen to the unsynchronized version, which is available at the in the podcast stream and at the YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, I think uh, whenever you're ready, let's let's get let's get out on the orca. Oh yeah, let's head back to good old summer at Amity Island. There, that's right. Got to keep those beaches open. Fond memories of shark attacks and <laughs> bad uh, hats. That poor Kintner boy. <laughs> All right. Damn, <laughs> All right. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. In three, two, one, play. All right. Once again, the universal logo. It, I'm trying to think. There aren't a lot of franchises that don't go so long that are so short they don't go through a logo refresh even the old universal horror movies went through a logo refresh oh yeah all right so here we go starting right off with the music and our credits here we got the roy scheider robert shaw richard dreyfus uh there's always ego and how billing worked in the 70s so you had Robert Shaw elevated above the other two to to convince him to do it. Um, let's see. Uh, Susan Backliney uh, gets an opening title credit, even though she's only in the first scene. That's a not a lot, not a big cast, but that makes sense since there's only three people in the second half of the movie. Verna mm-hmm. Fields editing. Um, don't remember if she did Sugarland Express for Spielberg before this, but she like got into some office job at Universal and stopped cutting. So hmm. this is one of the very few movies that we uh, that she actually cut, and it's just just a very nice, nicely edited picture here. So, but we haven't seen that yet because this is just one long shot of of the summer folk. Looks like an old beer commercial. Speaking of beer. Yep. This is Susan Backliney. I don't know who the dude is. I don't think. Mm. Nobody ever talks about the dude, even though he's not drunk. I was actually thinking about how... uh, Jaws was another one of those movies that for the longest time you only saw it pan and scan on VHS. And TV. They had a terrible, terrible, awful pan and scan. 
it's gotten a lot less like that or some of the stuff from the 80 mid to late 80s once they started yeah i'm not drunk once they started framing for video but like when you watch jaws or die hard or halloween it's in the panavision it's like you're seeing a different movie like yeah yeah because they cut out a lot there's just so much Mm. yep he can swim he just can't walk I was also reading something that one, I think it was a podcast interview with somebody about how the rumor that the reason the shark isn't in the movie is because it wasn't finished yet. But the guy was, was saying that no Spielberg wanted to do it this way. Yeah. I don't know if there even is a good Jaws soundtrack album yet. Really? I There's the original soundtrack release that's like a nine tracker, right? And then they released, they had like a uh, Joel McNeely conducted one that Verez Saraban released. Okay, so now she's getting carried around. We're not seeing the jo- shark at all. Like, dude's drunk. This also would have been Williams's first big score. 75? There was nothing before he and Spielberg got together. Not really. Johnny Williams composed the theme to Mission Impossible, though, I think. No, that was uh No, that was Lalo Schifrin. Lalo Schifrin, yeah. yeah. I thought Johnny Williams did at least something like that. He did Lost in Space. Okay, there yes, there you go cuz they Netflix Lost in Space show has some guy who impersonates John Williams Jurassic Park music. <laughs> uh. Okay, so Morning in Amity Lots of cigarettes. You got an ashtray right next to the bed. The legend, Mr. Roy Scheider. What happens to this dog? <laughs> so there are two phones in the house and that is definitely not the same kitchen as two <laughs> yeah but i mean this this spielberg uh 
What were we talking about that with? Was it the poltergeist? The Spielberg family stuff. He's always got foreground and background action with the families. Things are always mm -hmm. busy. Uh, the picturesque little bird. Mm -hmm. Giant picket fences. Mm. Wait, that's Sean. Wow, he aged a lot between the movies, didn't he? <laughs> Had that that Jack disease. And this shot at Martha's Vineyard, right? That's the yeah, there we go. Okay, here's this dude. Hmm. They're not. He's an islander. <laughs> and here, yep, there we go, Jeffrey Kramer. And the first sign that something's very wrong. Uh, yeah, but if you're watching that on video, you're not seeing Jeffrey Kramer, right? Like, you're watching that on TV, you don't get to see any of what he's doing. No. <laughs> I wonder why he's wearing his windbreaker in the summer. <laughs> well, it's to show how out of place he is. I don't remember the book enough to know if you got as much sort of texture to the townsfolk as we get in the movie, but uh, <laughs> guy looks like an old Les Nessman. Yeah, right. With the hat and shit. Uh -huh. And the glasses. The municipal building that looks like a house, a giant. This hey, some of that. Huh. They did a damn good like recreation on like 
the back lot of Universal. It's a shame they took that down in Florida. Mm. So we met or we saw some of the supporting cast a second ago all coming out of their offices. That's definitely from the book that there's sort of the uh, the town brain trust. And in the background, you can see Vaughn's realty, meaning Larry Vaughn, in addition to being the shitty mayor, is a shitty real estate agent. <laughs> a lot of this is kind of. Yeah, oh, there's the man. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that suit jacket with the anchors. That is awesome. A lot of this, like, town-established stuff, they did it in uh, really similarly in uh, Back to the Future. Like, you really do establish the town. Yeah, I think that um, Zemeckis as Spielberg light is kind of the... That was always sort of Zemeckis's thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fairy comes back in the second one. Such a scumbag. <sighs> Just the way they, they're like hovering over him. Mm. <laughs> a boating accident. But look, I mean, just <sighs> so the ferry is. You know, it's spun around, so the background is is in constant motion here. It's mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's... Maybe some of it's that Spielberg just doesn't have long shots like this going forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, like this whole conversation is the foreground background working itself out and now we get the beach <laughs> oh damn is it does Kittner go this quick yeah this is before the tourists have shown up everyone this is when it's just the townsfolk enjoying their beaches There's what's her face who has a husband oh, in yeah. this one. Now she's appeared in about three of these. Right. She's the only one who uh and Mrs. Brody. Yeah. <laughs> I 
everybody's just having fun. What's the dog's name? Poppin? Pippet. 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 So, two victims are about to be claimed. <laughs> oh, and here we go. Look at this. Just, ah. Yeah. More, because you can't really, uh, I'd say what, about 95 or so was when people started really leaning in on um, their jaws, sort of applying applying um, the lessons they've learned from jaws. Now, that's... Uh... He didn't play a cop in Halloween, did he? No. Huh. With those teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Kittner boys. <laughs> yeah. Now get out of my face. Coca-Cola. There we go. A Fanta, and it looked like a tab. Oh my god, tab. Yep, turned away. I don't think so. Here we go. Yeah. The dog is gone. So they're going to talk about it later, but sharks attack in shallows, right? Like that doesn't work in, well, in Jaws 3, it had a, it was a lagoon, but, or no, the uh, attack on the playboats would have worked. Whoa. Well, there we go. Yep, there we go. I don't know if anybody used that shot in between Spielberg and uh, Hitchcock, but uh, nobody remembers if anybody did. Uh Uh-uh. I think, uh, did De Palma try it? Uh, I mean, De Palma, Carrie was 76 at this point, or set, right? Like, De Palma at this yeah. point was still doing his low-budget shit with uh, Robert De Niro. If you, there's that documentary De Palma where it's kind of funny because Brian De Palma has, is the least self-aware guy you've ever met. Like, he's just like... <laughs> I don't know why anybody would say that thing. And you're just like, well, they just showed a clip and you did that fucking thing, dude. Like. (laughs) 
So Murray Hamilton was the, he was Mr. Robinson in The Graduate, I think. And that was 67, so. No, that's a stretch between then and this. Yeah. I don't know what else he did in between, but he's, he's fucking great, man. Murray Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. Hope they don't close the beaches. Oh shit! Is this when we meet Flint for the first time? Yeah, Flint, not Flint. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna establish. Uh, Mrs. Kittner put out a reward for the shark, and um, that's gonna sort of occupy the beginning of the second act here, as the townsfolk try to make the. Uh, Get the reward. Are, are you gonna close the are you gonna close the beaches, Chief? Oh fuck you, Chief. well only 24 hours folks the shark will be gone by then yeah yeah (laughs) the the old lady that looks at him yep so good (laughs) y'all know me I don't know what I do for a living. Somebody wanted the sequel to be his son or something, right? Like, well, they kind of needed somebody like him or somebody like Dreyfus. Yeah. Uh, one other thing with Spielberg is, is he didn't like when you think about something like say Raiders, he mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of people in those scenes, right? Like they topped out at four yeah. or five people a scene. The dinner scene in Temple of Doom is about the most characters that he. Yeah, because this scene in Raiders is uh, when he's telling them about the arc. Yeah. And that's only like him and three other guys. Yeah. Marcus and uh, the two government guys. But yeah, it's like. This is very unlike. And his little sidekick. So I don't know <laughs> if he ever gets a line. Uh, I think the sidekick's got more personality in the book, but um, yeah, this is a very different sort of Spielberg than even a few years later. 
Like it really is the first three that he has this sort of attention to character. Of course, you don't see the dog in a TV version. Is that even the same dog as it was in the first scene? I don't think it is. Are you sure? All right. It was Spaniel. This shit is so pushed in on the Channel 9 version, the TBS. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, you're just talking about the two. I mean, where they would actually have to do the panning and scanning to keep up with the motion. Yeah. You wouldn't see the lamp. (laughs) You wouldn't see. You wouldn't see the outside for sure, right? You wouldn't see, you know, the movement or what the chief's freaking out about. Oh, just like in the revenge. (laughs) Mike here has a strong accent. They really dropped that in the second one. I wish they'd kept it. (laughs) She's got it too. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> okay. So, some of the stuff in this would get like this scene. I feel like what Roland Emmerich does this in Godzilla, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Appear and the yeah, he he amps it up to whatever Godzilla's a coming. <laughs> and that this is the first thing you think when they do that scene in that movie. Yeah. Okay, so this is just a very memorable sequence, but if you look at the cuts, this is where Vera Fields is really just, it's so subtle, right? Like when he's flipping the pages, she's cutting it sort of mid-flip. Oh, look, a shark tower. I wonder if the chief will ever get one of those of his own. (laughs) Uh, that hmm. yeah yep but the uh yeah ooh, that's a bad one the shark mouth thing that was in there um we'll see that visual later so it gets dark on one side of the island uh earlier than on the other side of the island <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> Just say. Ah. Yep, there we go. But I mean, this the body court. count, 
is a lot less than the other movies. Yeah. This was built into part of the little stunt for the um, Universal Hollywood tour. Where the shark breaks apart the pier. They, they've changed it over the years. Now I think the pier catches on fire or some shit. So, like, just these visuals, instead of using the fin, right? Instead of the fin being Michael Myers. Right. You know, there's just so much mystery to it. Because the rest of the movies use the fin. Yeah. And to be fair, once when Spielberg starts showing the shark, that's mostly what he shows is still the fin. I mean, until the yeah. finale. This guy, Frank Silva Harbormaster. <laughs> he's got a whole story I remember in the novel. Like See, that's the thing with books, though, where you could just detail, like, every... Yeah. Does he call him Young Fella? Young Fella. Yeah, they really should have kept the accents in the second one. But also the other thing about the second one is there aren't very many adults in the second one. There's the town no. council, but it's it's just totally kids. Yeah. It's a you know your teen movie. Um the idiots going hunting, of course, is uh, is a familiar motif after this. Uh, the one that sticks out is King Kong Lives, where they turn it into a whole subplot. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 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 How did they not want to bring back Jeffrey Kramer for the second one? He's so perfect. Oh wow. Was he even in the TV version? Like Yeah. Half the movie's gonna be Roy Shatter. Half their scenes are Roy Shatter talking to empty space. <laughs> Or, or that weird pan and scan slide that it, they do. Oh, yeah. Did they squeeze this one? I can't remember. I don't think they did. A lot of the Universal movies got a fucked up, like, the, the ones I remember the most are this and the Blues Brothers. Look terrible. Well, I mean, Universal kept that shit up even after they got the DVD, remember how many times did they have to re-release Back to the Future because they fucking cropped yeah, they, it they didn't even crop it yeah. right. Uh, or mat it right? Yeah. <laughs> like It was just... Ugh. 
But I think Halloween that, is another one that gets fucked up. See, yeah. now isn't that Melvin Van Peebles? Uh, With the hoodie on. I know. I don't. No, I don't think so. It looked like him though. Yeah, it's a bummer he didn't come back for the second one, but I don't know if that would have really helped. Like, they would have to write something. It would have to be reason. an entirely different movie if you got because if you brought in like another grown up, you'd have to get rid of the kid shit or Tony. Yeah, they'd have to trim that to hell because that's who they were really going for. Yeah, in part two, they needed the kids. Okay, no offense to Roy Scheider, but I think it's interesting that he didn't understand this wasn't his movie at this point. Like, (laughs) we already learned that it might be Robert Shaw's movie, and now we're learning that it's Richard Dreyfuss's movie. Like, Especially the way he just, boom. Mm Mm-hmm. I like how they have more technology. He has more technology than uh <laughs> there there is in the sequels, right? Like so um stakeout. When mm. there's a line in stakeout about this is not a boating accident, they're playing uh you know movie quote trivia. And that is real. That uh, Emilio Estevez, they were playing it between takes. Emilio Estevez asked Richard Dreyfus what that was from, and Richard Dreyfus did remember. Wow. So they kept it in the movie. <laughs> well, I think that's Carl Gottlieb, the co writer. I don't know why they couldn't have just made him, brought him in in the second one a little bit. Like, And the other thing is, is that Brody still gets to experience some joy in this one. In the second one. He's just panic, panic. Yeah. That's kind of why he needed somebody other than his wife to sort of. Yes. Look at the, I mean, just the crowd scenes. There are just so many people around to keep track of. It's so good. Yeah, because you do that now. <laughs> oh, no, you can't do this now. You'd have six you different people shot six different days, six different countries in front of six different green shit. screens. Yeah, you would never do it. The background, yeah, you can't even. Uh, Uh, what? <laughs> like I just lost his Red accent though. over here. Yeah. He would have made Listen, a good Bonnie. Fred Flintstone. 
<laughs> You've also got that sort of great early to mid seventies uh, sort of bad style. In this yeah. one. Like, what the fuck is Murray Hamilton wearing? See, that shit is bola. Uh, I mean, shirt <laughs> with the test pattern jacket. His jacket looks like what that candy, like oh, that hard candy. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> that shit is a straight up test pattern. That's the shit. <laughs> That's the I mean, shit yeah. you see it on TV at night <laughs> when the channel goes right. off. We couldn't see that because of uh, what? Uh, oh shit! The bad print or the fuzz? Like remember fuzz? Yeah. yeah, that's what the the kids today don't remember. Don't know about the fuzz. Whenever you'd have yeah. like lines close together and stuff like that. Because I don't think I ever like saw the detail in the jacket till I think I saw your laser disc. Remember we watched it? Yeah. This was one of the, yeah, this was. This is also uh, the one of the best Blu-rays. Yeah. I think when we got our, I don't know if we, it was when we got our TV. I think it was our TV. This was what we watched because it's just so good looking. Just such yeah. a great looking movie. They've remastered the shit out of this. Now, is that his father? I mean. Oh, Alex P. Kintner. <laughs> yeah. He. Uh, oh, grandpa there. Mm-hmm. He's a Degrassi parent. What the fuck? I'm just here for the day. No lines. Such a long, just, uh. Mm. This is very our town. Just kind of bringing it all back. Down to earth type. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't know. You can't duplicate it. That's the thing is, is you no. just can't duplicate this sort of. You don't know these people, but you know these people. Exactly. And it, you can't blame it on. You can't blame it on. You can't with the sequels. You can't blame it on Spielberg not being there because like he wasn't doing this pretty no. soon after this right like the next couple of times you get this out of Spielberg is Close Encounters um, and E.T. yep a little bit in Raiders you know at the beginning yeah yeah It's just it's just strange because it's like a conscious choice that he stopped doing stuff like this. Mm. 
But I mean, like, you know, Brian De Palma, who we were talking about before, he kept his whole shtick the entire time, right? Like, De Palma oh, deviated yeah. from it maybe twice. Rocking, doing the, the, the Hitchcock bit. Yeah. But Spielberg's... And some of it, I think, is just that Spielberg stopped making movies... About people. About people, but also, he stopped making movies about adults. Yeah, that's who. He really leaned into making movies about kids. And this movie, there are kids, but they are... They're incidental to it. Yeah, they're the children of the parent. It's, you know, as opposed to E.T., where... Yeah, they're center stage. His, His R gang approach to everything that he sort of kicked off there and it's and that was 80s too though yeah 80s, that was very was, 80s you gotta cater to the kids you know should have done a jaws at a summer camp <laughs> <laughs> So in the book, um, they don't just not like each other. Um, Richard Dreyfus bangs oh, Brody's yeah. wife, um, which I think I mentioned on our Jaws two episode because I thought they should or in the Jaws Revenge because I was like they should keep that in they should bring that into continuity the last minute. <laughs> I mean, you got foreground, midground, background, like. <sighs> I guess if you don't have three people talking, you can't really have this scene. If you only have. If you only have two people talking and. Marcus making a. Uh, wry comment at the end of it. Doesn't quite work the same. <laughs> Who else could have done her part? So, nineteen seventy five. Would it have really been? Uh... Who was that in uh, The Exorcist? Oh, no, she couldn't have done it. Because, I mean, it's just a wife part, right? Yeah. Like, But it's got personality to it. Like, yeah. I don't think Roy Scheider, frankly, would have made a movie with Ellen Burstyn because he wouldn't have been able to share, you know? Like... No. <laughs> It's a shock that he can share. I mean, like, this is, of course, before. I don't like what was his big. I mean, this was his big hit. What convinced him that he shouldn't. I don't know. Be. Uh, yeah. Like, because 
from this point on, Roy Scheider was the Jaws guy. Yeah, sorcerer. What, 52 pickup? (laughs) 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 Nobody's got a thunder. Blue Thunder being the peak of his 80s solo efforts. Yeah, that was pretty much it. It was a bummer because after that, like, he just became a and Roy Scheider as right. type thing or uncredited cameos even. But the sort of mid-70s New York personality went away too by Jaws 2. Yeah. But at this point, like... He was mostly a partner in French Connection. They did the Seven Ups. That was another New York cop movie. So it's like, I wonder if IMDb, I guess we'll find out, has the average shot length. Because I feel like. Wow. Wow. It's just so gradual. Coming out of this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the other thing about the sequels is, is like it was before sequels aped the, like they they tried not to mimic the predecessors too much, right? Like, yeah, and then. It's- Jaws 2 was very much a back to square one. Mm-hmm. Like, you dummies don't remember the fucking shark that ate up all the people two summers ago? No. And they still want to keep the beaches open. So this is... Okay, so despite seeing this movie over 10 times, I don't actually remember what's going to come. What disaster gets them out there? Because this sequence was one that they had a lot of trouble with. And the the punchline of it was an insert Spielberg did later in his own swimming pool because the scene just wasn't working. You could tell this isn't even. I don't even think this is a location. Oh no! I bet they're not even on the water for half this. It's the old <laughs> John Carpenter. The best way to shoot a car scene is you put two people in a garage in a car and you move it around. Use <laughs> <laughs> a lot of smoke. There's Get those fog of... machines working. Yeah, there's a lot of setup with this technology and none of it's going to matter. Nope. (laughs) It's just for this sort of character development sequence here that's going to pay off in the second half with uh, Richard Dreyfuss and Robert Shaw. 
Yeah, it's a very like Jaws's genre is men working together, right? It's one of those movies where some dudes, eventually three dudes will be on a boat together. But it's just about these like one dude knows something, the other dude doesn't know. So they, you know, exposition, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not really a thing you can do anymore because you don't have there's always got to be a gimmick well now you got to have a woman you got to have a woman but you also like you got a gimmick like oceans 11 right is just all gimmick oceans you know as they went on they just got to be more and more gimmick there's just all ended up being virtually the same fucking movie you know yeah and there's just no patience to build this stuff up and it's like this is when you talk about why you can't really make a sequel to jaws it's because this it's been done to such a you know i mean it, it it's done at a level here to where i get what they tried to do with jaws too but you know eventually you're still going to be fighting that shark in the last reel yeah you know And then for Jaws 3, they just said, well, fuck it, it's summer. Right. <laughs> Let's make a fucking blockbuster, right? Like right. What 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 was a great universal monster movie for back in the day? Oh yeah, Revenge of the Creature. We'll fucking <laughs> and, and let's right not that. forget that Back to the Future made Universal, like remade Universal in 1985. Oh yeah. So Nothing they did sort of between Jaws 2 and Back to the Future stuck. Nothing. I mean, even between that, you had shit like Last Starfighter. Um, Uh, The only thing, uh, you had E.T., but that wasn't duplicatable. Yeah, that was just, it stood on its own. That was a whole nother level. Like, E.T. was... Basically, the Michael Jackson of movies at the time. <laughs> it makes you wonder, or it makes me wonder, it makes everybody wonder. It's going to make everybody wonder in a second. What if Poltergeist had ended up at Universal somehow? Like, well, it probably would have been the same movie. It probably still would have been a hit, but, you know. Because they just uh, did not know how to do horror movies though I just don't think it would have been any different you know no uh, the uh, maybe different film stock because I right. mean like just the sharpness of these oh, it would have looked so more good. like this <laughs> okay here we go this is the insert shot that Spielberg did in his swimming pool supposedly Woo! Yeah, boom Or I think the insert shot was the close-up. So, mind you, Richard Dreyfus did do an autopsy on that, you know, girl's arm. But uh... <laughs> so the boat has lights under the boat. Oh yeah, because he's rich. Yeah. <laughs> He's basically Batman, if you think about it. He's Batman with Bruce sharks. Wayne. Yep. This is him. 
during his travels. <laughs> it's time Bruce had to deal with a shark in Amity. <laughs> you know what? I'd watch that movie. <laughs> well, there was the one. I love that one issue where um, he helps a detective. It's a yeah. flashback. And he helps the detective. And he's like, at the end, he has to meet the one guy every year at the grave. Mm-hmm. I think it has something to do with the clan or some shit. That shit was fucking genius. Murray Hamilton rocking a jacket again. Yeah. <laughs> See? See, we got to open this beach here, damn it. (laughs) The thing, I guess, that I don't... Like, why wouldn't you ape this a little bit more? Just the way the foreground and back... Like, the direct... Because if you did, it would be too, too on the nose. Well, no, not for the sequels, but just in general. Like, not obviously. That's what I mean. You think? (laughs) And they have it like that at uh, Universal Studios. I don't know if it's the actual sign, but it, it does look like that. Oh, shit. That's what happens. The attack after Fourth of July weekend. That's when they yeah, have to the, go out. The pond. That's right. Yep. Okay. <laughs> it also makes friends, so they can come back in number two and number four. <laughs> There's Carl Gottlieb in the background there. Who's one of the cops, right? No, he's the uh, newspaper guy. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And I'm out. Yep. Now we get... (laughs) Bert Hamill gets to do the drive-away angry scene. (laughs) This is the music that's in that fucking undead movie. I'm sorry. I said it was the Jaws 2 music. It's this music. Which one? With the horns, the uh that undead zombie movie by the Spirit Brothers. They use this basically this whole the whatever it's called, tourist on. It's got a, I can't remember what it's called, but the name of the track, they basically use it. Um, the, didn't it, didn't it, they use that in that Undead movie a lot. Huh. <laughs> 
such a good montage. Just such a good montage. That's another thing that's missing in the other ones is just the scale of the island. You don't get the sense. No. Of it is the tourist trap. And there's the game. The video game. That we've been waiting for since two. Yep. By Sega. Which, of course, was eventually, you know, in arcades as Jaws. Of course. (laughs) I mean, you just had to buy that old game up and rebrand it. And you could be like, what? It's retro. I think they did the same thing to a, like, to Star Wars, too. Where it was something where you shot at X-Wings. Yeah. That wasn't a great, that was not a great game. (laughs) No. Mm -mm. This is Peter Benchley doing his cameo. (laughs) Considering what a hack this guy became, I can't believe they didn't bring him back for at least two. (laughs) But I mean, that's the thing is, it's like you don't even have like TV coverage in the second one. It just doesn't. They just don't think about the scale of it. No, because in the second one, it's supposed to be like a mystery. That's true. It is the mystery through most of the movie. Yeah. He doesn't get it till like it's, you know, almost over. So Murray Hamilton's got only those two jackets. Right. (laughs) Murray Hamilton... It's so uh, kingfish from Amos and Andy in this movie. <sighs> like, he just. He's kind of like. He gives off if William Shatner was a character actor and not a leading man vibes. Right. That's smarm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Spielberg didn't take the gun out of this one. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Go on and swim, you little scamps. It's it'll be fine. Going and getting some sewage. Um uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, you, I, don't, I guess in Jaws 3, they do have large scale crowd scenes again. Like, really quick, though. Really quick, but they at least acknowledge the scale of. They're not as orchestrated as these are. Yeah. He could read her lips from across the. <laughs> Was that the second one we were talking about in Jaws 2? The, or no, the whispering, effectiveness of whispering, poltergeist. Oh, poltergeist. Yeah. We inadvertently picked a bunch of movies that um, just because of the time period have a lot of the same themes, uh, sort of filmmaking one. Ah, 
I don't know if I would trust Jeffrey Kramer with this much responsibility. No. He's, <laughs> he's, the, he's the Barney Fife. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who puts his gun in the holster wrong and shit. Mm-hmm. So this has always confused me. The shots of the people. Oh, here we go. Okay. So good. Yeah, you know, it means friendship. <laughs> so good. It's not sleaze. It's just. Uh... That's another thing I think that people don't. Just the sort of level of character actor in the 70s. Like. (laughs) Well, you know, they they got. You get guys like Murray Hamilton to play this part in this. But now. It's like, who do you get? You get fucking Bill Murray. Right, you get somebody he's who's a leading guy man who's down on movie. his luck, right? Like, you get somebody who, I mean, it's like the Ocean's Eleven thing again. You get a bunch of leading men who can't actually open a movie by themselves anymore. Yeah. And so you lose the sort of character actor personality. Yep. Okay, now that screaming... <laughs> they they've used that in other movies. The chaos of the uh this sequence. People yeah, people getting stomped and drug out. <laughs> the Mormons on the beach helping. That's 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 a that's a cut subplot. <laughs> like <laughs> people running by laughing. Uh huh. <laughs> I go lie, that shit was funny. Made <laughs> <laughs> me do it. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> wow! Well, well. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember if Elizabeth Olsen sees a shark. <laughs> you care because your son's in the pod, Chief. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> But the girl who spots it was in there uh, was painting, which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah. (sighs) You would have seen the ripples in the water and shit. Yeah. You okay over there? Well, it's okay over there. So good. Whoa. Just that delayed fall in, just like. 
Yep, there you go. There's your first look. Now, and yeah, then it really. This is the part was like people are like, "What the? F- yeah, oh my god, <laughs> the leg." Well, I mean, the other thing is, and we talked about this in the other episodes, just that the quick cut of the shark attack that's not in this, right? Like, no, the shark attacks are not these frenzied, you know. Yeah, that, I, I, I. <laughs> instead it's you know very graceful editing and and actual like gore right like as opposed to there's a struggle there's yeah <laughs> wow So the shark's body counts up to three now? Yeah. (laughs) We haven't been talking about just the music enough, but so good. This is it. Yeah. I had enough of you. Shots going out to sea because the movie's about to go out to sea. Little bit of. <laughs> I like how everybody, all the dudes' hair in this looks like um, Star Wars. But when they did episode three and they tried to make it 70s style, it didn't look opposed, right. Right. It didn't look right. Yeah. People weren't putting whatever pomade in their hair anymore. Whatever the shit was, it made it all slick, and then at the bottom was <laughs> it's all feathered and shit. <laughs> okay, so this is when we get our humanizing moment for the mayor. Yeah, this is when we learn he's not. That's why they should have left him voting in favor of the chief in the second one. Like. So we got Murray Hamilton in the foreground, but he's not in, he's slightly out of focus because we're paying attention to the background. It's just like, Mm -hmm. and Spielberg like lets the shot sit long enough that you can just see what he's doing. It's very, it's a lot more Hitchcocky than he would later be. This is the you move the tombstones moment. <laughs> you move the tombstones, but you didn't move the graves. We got the uh, audio cut over the action. Yes. First time in the movie. And now, now it's time for Robert Shaw to take over the movie. <laughs> right. Just walk away with the shit. 
apricot brandy. Yep. <laughs> women. <laughs> I don't. I haven't seen a lot of like 60s Robert Shaw, but this is definitely his best performance that I've seen. Oh, fuck yeah. But it's also the only one where he sort of also got to play a real person because he did blockbuster. Like this is a blockbuster, but it's a blockbuster about regular people. His other blockbusters were a lot more fantastic, like taking a Pelham one, two, three. He's a, you know, fucking bank robber terrorist or whatever. So it's like, I gotta, I gotta watch the sting again. That's right. It's it's good. I watched the last time I watched it. It's 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 so good. Well, technically, <laughs> no spoilers. But I was already yeah, thinking no about spoilers. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that is a good point. That is a good one. Perhaps that okay. No spoilers, folks. Let's get back to the movie. Don't watch the cheese being made here. (laughs) Now we get into the sailor's knots, which uh, (laughs) is one of those sort of mystery things that uh, I think it's too late for me ever to, to understand knowing multiple types of knots. Dreyfus was not in the beach scene either, so he's now back in the movie. So mm. that's a little bit. He like took a break. He was trying to bang Brody's wife off stage, off screen. <laughs> well, there are extended and cut scenes. I'm oh, shocked yeah. they haven't done an. Ex- extended edition of this all these years. They probably would have to wait for Spielberg to die. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's Dude, never when, when done... Lucas die, you know the fucking hack jobs they're going to do to those these movies? The, uh... They're going to CG the shark. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Has Spielberg ever done a director's cut? I don't think so. The closest is, I mean, Close Encounters, he did, but I think that's it. And then he fucked with E.T. Right, he messed with E.T. And then he regretted it almost immediately. As soon as, like, other people saw it, he regretted it. Well, yeah, when people complain about the CG, that's what chased him away from it. He totally forgot that government stooges actually do carry guns. Sharks on the water. Our shark. Our shark. (laughs) I wonder if clerks actually introduced Jaws to anybody or if it was just a cool detail in that one. Well, Kevin Smith is always dropping nuggets in his yeah. movies. 
But I feel like that was one of the big ones. The salsa shark. Yeah. Because he always referenced it. I mean, outside of comics. Yeah. He was always kind of referencing Star Star Wars and uh, Jaws. I always have wanted to see these black socks that she made sure to pack for him. (laughs) This is a very Hitchcock shot. Oh, yeah. So it's like, it is kind of like that. It's like Spielberg took a bunch of Hitchcock techniques in a thriller, but didn't use those techniques when making the thriller part of the thriller. It's like a very interesting sort of way of doing it. I could see either ladies that played the mothers in Close Encounters playing her part. Yeah. Terry Gar or Melinda Dillon. Yeah. Yeah. That is this. She is a very, this is basically shit. Don't they have their hair and. Oh, there we go. Bandanas too. But yes, here's this, the, the shot through the, through the shark's mouth. <laughs> We get this reverse where I don't think we can see the shark mouth in the window. But yeah, and then you just get this sort of, you know, proto Popeye moment here. Yeah. It's just scale that the other movies don't have. And we've also got the um, barrels on the boat already. Because, yeah, we are now, we're in the boat for the next 50 minutes. And that's really out there. That's not no tank. It's not. Now. They did the, they, they did their miserable at sea experience. <laughs> so, yeah, now uh, back to the pan and scanning. So you've got Dreyfus on one end of the screen. You got. Robert Shaw on the other. That also means you would have to be sitting, what, 10, 12 rows back to see both of them in the theater, but on video and TV, you're not seeing any of it. There we go. Dreyfus crushing his, his water cup there. <laughs> but luckily, Brody doesn't know how to do anything. Wait a second. Hmm. Richard Dreyfus just caught the rolling tank, but he was in a different place between the two shots. (laughs) But yeah, so now Brody doesn't know what he's doing even more than usual, which is a totally different take on the character than in the second one. Right. But it's also Brody's entire character, right? So it's like you lost sort of that 
aspect of I well, mean, yes. kind of the original uh McLean type, you know. Just a regular guy in over his head in the extraordinary situation. Yeah. But he doesn't even know how to do the boat shit. No. Here we go. So sort of tension the movie's just going to build through the the sounds and the rising music is just oh oh especially here because i mean 75 is before it's before halloween it's you had texas chainsaw you had last house on the left but those weren't mainstream at this point. No, those were. So you didn't drive in pictures. You those were considered have, B movies then. Yeah, you didn't have pop scares yet. This was it. This was, you know, everybody could go to Jaws. Yep. Because before this, it was Exorcist, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Exorcist sort of started the 70s. Yeah, the blockbuster. Blockbuster, we got to go see it. Well, Godfather, but differently. I mean, Godfather's. Yeah. It's not a genre picture. Like, yeah, Godfather was on a whole other. It was his own thing. But when Jaws hit, then then. King Kong afterwards, and then yeah. Close Encounters and Superman. It was just seven, late seventies. Just Star Wars, obviously. Star the blockbuster yeah. just started in a way that it just hadn't been for a while. And when you did have huge hits, it was you know sixties. It was they weren't sort of the genre pieces they weren't you know the traditional action blockbuster that has some fantasy or sci-fi elements Uh -uh. The other thing is, is that Richard Dreyfuss and Quint are at odds and it's not quickly resolved, right? It's, it's resolved over a long time period, a relatively long time period, you know, amid all this action. I just I also don't think you have this type of plotting anymore, right? Like everything follows the same basic plot starting with 
Star Trek Into Darkness where you have, you know, the one villain fight and then followed by a second villain fight or whatever, like uh-huh. the, you have the reveal and it's just like all the Marvel movies basically have that structure and you don't have anything where anybody hangs out for 40 minutes in a single location, except something like dread. And then nobody saw it until it was too late. Uh-huh. Nah, nobody appreciated that shit. Nope. <laughs> This is one of those movies where, yeah, you've now got your three stars each doing their own sort of experience of this, of these events, and they're together doing it. It's not like the Towering Inferno. Oh, yeah, we forgot about that. (laughs) Before this, your set pieces were like, at best mediocre disaster movies at worst terrible disaster movies right so it's like yeah, tower inferno uh side adventure earthquake airport. yep the airports were still going from universal so it's like this brought a level of uh oh shit <laughs> there are four of those i found i think i have the concord somewhere <laughs> there are two poseidon adventures though Oh my um, god, no okay. <laughs> hell yes. <laughs> we can't we we can't mm. go on the airport tangent right now because I just want to talk about how I remember in one of them, what's his face? Uh George Kennedy is like has like a 22-year-old girlfriend, <laughs> and like it's just so gross. Big old ass George Kennedy yep. with a yeah. shirt off, greased up. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so you don't have your stars sort of doing this kind of thing again. And Spielberg wouldn't do that again. Like Close Encounters doesn't have that. Um, there we go. Uh-oh. And no pop scare, right? Like we saw the shark coming out. It was about Brody's reaction to it. And now we get to sort of watch him, his petrification here. And the line that shook America. <laughs> <laughs> and this was, this was back before uh, worldwide gross. We weren't worried about what the fuck China thought about right. <laughs> with the go see. Being big in China didn't mean you got a a sequel. <laughs> wow. Yeah, now we just get these sort of beautiful mon not montage sequences, but you just these beautiful sequences with the uh john williams music a little proto star wars there mm-hmm. 
So I was so glad they did that one documentary about like Williams music in the Spielberg movie. Nice, in, nice shoe shot here. Speaking of John Williams, at the end of uh, next month, the Chicago Orchestra is doing Return of Jedi. That's right. You're telling me about that. That'd be awesome. God. The, uh, that's kind of my favorite. The uh, Luke and Leia yeah. talk in Ewok Village. That's some... Williams' best music for years after that, I feel like. I still say his most unsung score was um, Adventures of Tintin, but for I the most part, that. it sounds a lot like uh, indie outtakes. Mm. so god that shot oh i love that one shot so good it's just from the interior the uh now they've made my hitchcock observation i can't like stop seeing it (laughs) <laughs> like vertigo only with sharks <laughs> uh, hey there's uh, the nod from Jaws of Revenge <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna attach something to the shark But I mean, that... hold on. Sorry, <laughs> can't miss this part. Like, <laughs> yes, just the way music. That... Mm-hmm. that sort of playfulness with it too. Just like it's yeah. so weird. It's so good. Because it makes you think, oh, shit, they're, they're going to get them. Right. <laughs> they're really, really going to catch this fucking shark now. Was um, just the sort of way that you've got, it's two different movies, right? Like, there's the beginning with the buildup on land, but then you just stop that and you're just at sea for this, you know action movie mm-hmm. oh yeah here we go look at that oh wow and then the follow-up shot to it i think there's a follow-up shot to it no yes oh ah uh, yeah so good so why is good. that not a poster i would love to see that as a poster <laughs> staring at each other so fucking good but of course, in this, on the video version, you would not have been able to keep both of them in frame. And then when you faded to Quint in the center of the frame, <laughs> you'll be chopped in half. And scan over to him or yeah, something. Yeah, it would scan over to him. 
just like those god awful scams of Ghostbusters. That was a bad one too. That one shot for Ghostbusters two, where they chop off Ernie Hudson. (laughs) They walk into the museum. I think they chop him off in the first one too, and I think that was the example in the Entertainment Weekly guide to Laserdisc trying to explain to people yeah. why they should do it. And it's like, so you know that there's a black Ghostbuster. <laughs> <laughs> now we get the, the bonding scene here. This was written by John Milius. Um, we know that because he can't shut up about it. Um, <laughs> and has been bragging about it since 1975. But it's also the only... me, I have to also see Big Wednesday. Sure, he did that. I always think of him more as Conan. Um, Conan is just, yeah. Did he ever write a movie for Walter Hill? It seems like they should have worked together. Um, No. uh, Didn't they do a little bit? Milius do a little bit on the Warriors? Maybe. Maybe. There was something I would have sworn they did together. So now the star comparing sequence starts here, okay? It's going to get famous in Lethal Weapon 3, but they use that as a flirting technique between Riggs and um, Cole. That actually came from Return of Swamp Thing, which has it with (laughs) Joey Siegel and Monique Gabrielle comparing scars and nobody and nobody acknowledges that like blip between the this and it being turned into a mel gibson renee russo bit you know what's crazy i've done this in a strip club (laughs) with a stripper (laughs) like two little kids comparing scars because I couldn't ask her for a dance. The chick looked like a like a friggin' kid, you know. So I just gave her a little money. I said, "Here, we'll we'll sit and talk." <laughs> you, you've gotten too old. She was cool. She was there to feed her dogs. <laughs> Okay, so the Indianapolis. Yes. The mission of the shark. So this is what Milius brags about the most. And this was what they initially wanted the sequel to be was. Oh, that's right. They wanted it to be an actual prequel mm-hmm. detail. On- the Indianapolis, which has been done. They did a <laughs> TV movie of it that I've never seen with. Maybe Treat Williams and David Caruso. And then a few years ago, they did like a someone with which which of the Baldwins is the Christian one? Oh, God. Yeah, they did like a Christian movie version of it with one of the the Baldwin and maybe Tom Berenger and Billy Zane, of course. Kirk Cameron wasn't in it. (laughs) I don't think Kirk can't. Like, I think there's a level that the 
if you've been in a movie that came out in the theater, you won't do a Christian movie with Kirk Cameron. You'll do it with everybody else, but you won't do it with Kirk Cameron. And I don't think Kevin Sorbo does any that have anybody else in it like that. I think uh-huh. like that he's got to be the star in his Kirk Cameron's oh, got to yeah, be the Kevin star in his. Whereas Dean Kane has to be the star in his where the Baldwin seems like he will work with other has been because whatever bolt when it is it's not alec no <laughs> or it's not daniel yeah is it billy so like i think it's billy uh, or no is it steven is it the one from usual suspects yeah that's anyway. steven yeah i think it's steven yeah yeah we're, we're talking over what should have been the clip playing when Robert Shaw won a best supporting actor award for this, mm-hmm. or they should have given a best actor just to piss off Roy Shatter. <laughs> Damn. It's not a bad thing for Milius to have a career based on obviously like Mm-mm. well Conan is the shit too mesmerizing and this isn't something that Spielberg does anywhere else really he doesn't Spielberg's not big on letting people monologue uh-uh. Depending, he might let somebody do a speech, but he doesn't let a monologue. I keep thinking they did this sometime in Jurassic Park, but nope. No, because Jurassic Park could have used one of these. <laughs> it's all Jurassic Park is all for. <clears throat> it's all, I mean, it's like the start of every line being slightly amusing, like a joke, like the Marvel movies do. Mm-hmm. The only scene close to this in Jurassic Park is, um, or is talking about what yes. a failure he is. That one. And then also when, um, Neary knew not to open the Raptor cages, but I mean, even mm-hmm. that's not, yeah, the uh, the Hammond scene in that one is because it's the only time that like he gets out of the action. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. Yep, here we go. Uh-huh. <laughs> having a good old time it's not enough alcohol though no and brody hasn't eaten the hell is that on that plate you don't want to you know it's just it's the chum <laughs> chum really yeah does it it's beads it's fucking... yeah 
it's mid seventies refried beans or something. Yeah. What the fuck that is? It's just like a pile of something on a plate with a knife in it. <laughs> that shark said, shut up. <laughs> I never realized it does stop them from singing. It might just be right. Sharks <laughs> are attracted by noise, we learned in the second one. my nocturnal eating. <laughs> Well, that's the other thing is, is the shark in this one, it goes back out to sea, right? Like, it's not just trying to eat people on Amity, which is sort of. That's kind of, yeah, the weird part about this is that once they resolve to go out to get him. He's out there. He doesn't go back to Amity at all. That's also kind of like Jaws 4 in that when. Mario Van Peebles and Lance Guest they're out doing their whatever shellfish experiment and uh, with a coral or whatever and the shark's not Jaws Nintendo obstacles (laughs) (laughs) it's not a threat the eel In Jaws 3, it's always a threat, right? And then Jaws 2, it's hunting the kids because they're mm-hmm. making a commotion out in its thing. But, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's the uh, second of the shooting stars. There was one start. that just went behind mm-hmm. Brody. Okay. <laughs> now we get a repair scene. I haven't seen the original Flight of the Phoenix in... Oh my God, 30? No. 25 years, but I don't remember. That's about repairing something, but this, of course, would become a Star Wars standard because they're always repairing the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Or you're always working, and then Luke's always working on his X-Wing. Those things were pieces of shit. I mean, like, (laughs) they required constant tinkering. Okay, so pan and scan, what are you going to, what are you going to choose here? Are you going to choose Roy Scheider? Are you going to choose the barrel on the side of the ship? What are you going to choose? Well, since they show they're reaching for the barrel, they probably cut the barrel. (laughs) (laughs) Much like uh, Halloween 2, the first time I saw these movies when I was 10 or 12 and had Mm. never seen them, I preferred Jaws 2 to Jaws 1. That first time. Same thing, same deal with Halloween. And I don't understand what I was thinking, but um, (laughs) I was also 12. I was staying up all night drinking a lot of Dr. Pepper. So... (laughs) Fuck do I know? All right. So at this point, I think we just start seeing the shark on the regular. Yeah, a lot more. Because we are in the last 24 minutes, and I don't think there are any more scene transitions. No, because 
Brody wants to call it in. So what's Quint going to do about that? El Smacko. So what you should have done in the second one is have Brody become Quint. Well, he does in a way. Yeah, but he's still, it's too short. His resolution with its immediate. Yeah, it, it goes way too fast. Brody never goes Ahab, right? Like, no, not right. Not even when he finds out it's a shark. Yeah, kids are out there. He just knows the thing has to be dealt with. Uh, that's kind of bad, right there. Yeah, but it does lend to this idea that the shark's just fucking with them at this point, which never happens in any of the other... The shark never just fucks with people like it does Uh in this one. It's playing with its food right now. (laughs) Yeah, there's a reflection (laughs) shot, very Spielberg. And we get the playfulness back, just the excitement of it. What I just uh, shit. Williams did Sugarland, so. But I just wonder what movie. When they were shooting this, what what did Spielberg think it was gonna come out like? Right, like because so much of it has to do with the music. Uh, but if you listen to like a lot of his cues from uh, Lost in Space. You hear a lot of what becomes shit like this and mm. Superman and yep. Star Wars. I was going to say the line between this Superman and Star, the first Star Wars is. Because Williams has always been broad, like it, it sounded too good for that fucking show at <laughs> certain points, right. you know? Then maybe the music cues they use in the Netflix series are Williams's. I assumed it was just their composer trying to sound like Jurassic Park era Williams, but maybe it was just... Oh. There we go. Look at that. <laughs> uh-huh. That's going to do it, Brody. <laughs> Not a damn thing. <laughs> yeah, you would lose, you definitely lose Richard Dreyfus is like watching. <laughs> Robert Shaw, which is a big part of the relationship or sort of the character. Okay, so yeah, now Quint has gone Ahab, but that's okay because... 
going to be, I think, once he's got the two barrels on him, he can't go down, so. Oh, yeah. The other thing (laughs) is, is that, oh, there we go. That's right, Brody, except. Oh, shit. Yep. Ah! Good job, Martin. Jeez. Uh. Um, the sort of resolution to how they're going to deal with the shark is never as drawn out in this one. This one, it's the movie and the sequels, it's, you know, a five minute sequence. Yeah. It's we got to go get it. Let's. Let's get Michael Caine's plane. Let's just go do it. As opposed to this, where they've got to figure out how to deal with it. Yeah. And then we sort of see it play out. Well, it was a little drawn out in three. Yeah. Because they, they had a lot of activity going on. But I'm thinking about yeah. like in two. I mean, four doesn't count because it's like, you know, what, 90 minutes, yeah. right? But in two, they sort of rush through the stuff with the kids. They even rush through the kids' yeah. reaction to the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Like those scenes are memorable, but they're memorable because. Woo. Yep. In this, though, like every other shot is just fantastic. And they're yeah, so good. Ooh. I wonder, so you had Poseidon Adventure in 72. I can't. You had pirate movies in the 50s, but the sort of, you know, water getting in the boat's engine trope is pretty familiar now, but I wonder if Jaws kicked it off. Oh, yeah, for sure. This this did a lot. Jaws did a lot of shit that movies are still doing till this day. I wonder if that knife will be important. The machete will be important later. Mm. Three barrels. I missed when they went from two to three, but (laughs) I think I always miss when they go from two to three. It can, of course, go under. Just the quiet of it. 
the engine sounds. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. Hooper and Quint, of course, have their relationship has changed since. Yeah, because neither of them are prepared for this shit. Yeah. And they've bonded a little now. Uh. See, now that's a shark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now we see land in the background. I think... Yeah. This is Quint's revised plan. <laughs> so yeah, on video that would have been chopped in half. So you would have seen Brody and half of what's his and Robert Shaw's face. <laughs> but now Quint's losing it. We we'll soon. Yeah, he's, he's he's spun. Yep. He's ready to get this damn animal. Anyway, he knows how. <laughs> yeah, shut up. <laughs> you are locked in here with me. <laughs> Nobody wants to be here, but you're going to be here. Uh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Instead of getting like that, Roy Scheider just gets drunk and saddened, too. Damn. Ooh. Whatever can go wrong does go wrong. Oh shit, that's right. It's cage time. Oh yeah. Now I'm shocked they never had a full like playset. <laughs> Just the orca playset with all three figures and the shark. Hasn't what's the name of that place that makes those retro figures that cost thirty dollars for what well, should retro be? action? No, not Super Seven, whatever. Super Seven. Yeah. yeah, their jaws, their orca playset that costs fucking $250 or something. Like, oh, God. We were talking over it, but Quint said when he was talking about the Indianapolis, he will never wear a life preserver again. <laughs> 
And it's Quint's idea to do the shark cage. Uh, I, I thought you should fill bullets up with those and cover them. And... <laughs> that was the right into it. The reaction yeah. shot instead is the building shot. Yeah. Some shit they've stolen. The Simpsons and Family Guy have mm. completely fucking ripped. Only Roy Shatter's had enough to take a shirt off. <laughs> Trying to think. Do you have anything anymore where you only have one terror of nature adversary? Because once they introduce the idea of having two of them as like the punchline, right? Jaws three, everybody uh-huh. has at least two, right? Jurassic Park, you've got the raptors plus the T Rex, you know, like plus uh-huh. the spitting thing. So it's just like. Shit, I think even in the Meg they had to. Or it was like the shark they thought they were going to catch. Right. And, you know. The reveal, it's not just about the one. I like how by Jaws 3 and 4, people just don't give a shit about going in near sharks. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's fine. Right. There's there's no more. We're dealing with a shark, damn it. It's we're dealing with a shark. Let's get him. And now this is just the sound and and there's the music. Uh-oh. Well, the other thing about this is the way they integrate the nature shots are a lot better, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not just filler from nature. It, it looks just it like scene, yeah. Because, I mean, that's got to be a nature shot, and that's the idea that there are just fish hanging out right now is also terrifying. Quietly pull the tip. And Uh. looking the wrong way. (laughs) 
So scuba scenes got to be a thing for a while. Oh, yeah. They'd already done those in some James Bond movies, right, at this point? Because Thunderball Mm -hmm. had a bunch of scuba in it, yeah. Angry shark. Right. You know, if this was Jaws 3, you just got swallowed. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking. Well, in Jaws 3, the shark should have been big enough to just eat the whole cage. Yeah, eat the whole cage and then bite. That's the thing is, is this is supposed, this is what, is this a 20, is this a 15 foot shark or a 20 foot shark? It's supposed to be big, big. I think it's supposed to be, they make it bigger in the second one. And then the third one's like 35 feet. Like it's a dinosaur shark, right? It's just absurd. (laughs) But then they don't mention it in the fourth one, I don't think, because they know that they can't like... build a big shark in the fourth one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yep, everything's going wrong. Uh Uh-oh. Uh oh. In the book, Richard Dreyfus dies, and Brody's <laughs> like, Master Jones! <laughs> Brody's like, you fucked my wife. I don't care that you die. <laughs> or, or they have like a last minute, like, oh, I guess I'm sad you're dead or something, but mm. Brody's Brody's angry about it. Oh God. Yeah. Oh hell no. Richard Dreyfus gets a big death scene. And we're not doing the Jaws edits on this. We're we're showing him getting eaten. Yeah. Yikes. Spitting blood. I don't think, yep. I don't think we have spitting blood in any of the other Jaws movies. Nah. It was never as graphic as that. People just got pulled under. Or you see them in the hold. mouth of the... Yeah. Yeah. Ah, and then yeah, <laughs> did the shark just growl? Uh, possibly. <laughs> it could have been noise. 
from a combination of water moving and the, the wood breaking. Mm-hmm. It could also be Rowl. Oh, I think I've seen this before. A, Isn't this at the uh, end of Jaws the Revenge? Yeah, the, the Godzilla roar. Right. All right. I think it was Jaws the Revenge where it does growl, right? Yeah, he roars. Yeah, and that was the trivia was that the guy thought it was so stupid he was going to make it as stupid as possible. Mm-hmm. Nah. Take that. You bad old putty tat. Mm. <laughs> uh. Poor shark getting poked in the head. See, this is the most real it looks in any of the movies. Yeah, and that's a thing that it, the the first one, the one with the least available technology, was the best yeah. one. I mean, they couldn't do it for th- four. They didn't no. give a shit in three exactly. Yeah, three, they just didn't give a damn. <laughs> But I mean, like two, you would think that would be some of the two, uh, two was built for convenience, I guess. Yeah, you know, they really for all Roy Shatter's complaining on this music. Yes, um, for all Roy Shatter's complaining, it's not like they spent a lot of time on the shark and two, like no. They did, but they spent a lot of time on the fin. That's not the same thing. Like, <laughs> the fin circling is not scary. Like, the shark, you know, having a personality as it hunts the, mm-hmm. the main cast. And? Oh, look, Jake's alive. <laughs> <laughs> I never realized it. She doesn't go for his poker. No. I was hiding under the water. Um, I was just hiding under a big ass clam. You don't hear him? (laughs) Of course not. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, yeah. Such a good end. Mm Mm-hmm. This is the other thing that always bugged me about two. 
Mm. Is that Brody's over his water shit at the end of this one. Right? Yeah. Like uh Joel's Jr. <laughs> uh, just so fucking good. <sighs> <laughs> And it's got those seventies short credits. Mm-hmm. When you could still do your end credits over action, which <laughs> is yes, universal is, is a lost art of uh, end titles or end credits. Live shark footage. Ron and Valerie Taylor. Panavision and Technicolor. Good old Panavision. Yep. Oh, we do even have time for the cast, right? Because a good is cast is only, worth repeating. This is the only time it makes any sense, pan and scan, because the credits are framed. Though not the first credits wouldn't have been. Oh, Peter Benchley was credited. And then that's it. They landed and pulling the boat out of water and boom. Jaws will return in the multiverse of madness. PG, as it were. Um, (laughs) He's going to get those damn infinity stones. It took him a while to get out of PG, right? Like they had a lot of time for what you'd think would have been the the, uh, PG-13. Well, once PG-13 kicked in. It was one of those things where it's like, well, what else can we, what else can we make PG-13, you know? Okay. Trivia. Mrs. Kintner was at a restaurant some several decades after the film's release and ordered the Alex Kintner sandwich at the restaurant. The owner came out and introduced himself. It was Alex Kintner. They hadn't seen each other since, um... Since the original shoot, when composer John Williams originally played the score, Spielberg laughed and said, that's funny. But what did you have in mind for the theme to Jaws? Wow. But then later stated without the score, the movie would have only been half as successful. Uh, Roy Scheider ad-libbed, you're going to need a bigger boat. (laughs) The shooting star was real, not an optical effect. Oh, uh, there's a 1995 documentary called The Making of Steven Spielberg's Jaws that was on the Laserdisc and is supposed to be great. And it's been 30 years and I still haven't watched it. But for a while, you could only get it cut on um, the DVD. But I think they released the full length one on the the Blu-ray. What else? Robert Shaw was drinking. Oh, oh, he was a Moby along. Dick in the 50s. He would have gotten along with Donald Pleasant. Donald Pleasant, yeah. So I was just about to say. Yeah. Uh, originally, there was going to be a scene where Quint was making fun of Moby Dick in the theater, but Gregory Peck didn't give him permission. Yep. Um, what was he going to do, Mr. Christian? Spielberg wanted Charlton Heston for Brody, but he was busy. Can you imagine? Uh, Brody's dog is played by Spielberg's real dog, Elmer. You know how Irwin Allenish the movie would have been had it been? I 
can't you can't even imagine how Erwin Allen issue would it would have been absurd. Um, they probably wouldn't even gone out there on the water because <laughs> of lazy ass Heston. Oh yeah, can you get Heston and fucking Robert Shaw, Heston and little Richard Dreyfus? No man, Heston in the fucking seventies. God, yeah, that shit would have looked so cheap. Two 300 pound weights were attached to Susan Backliney and they tugged her around. So uh, that's why that looked so intense. Robert Duvall was offered the role of Brody, but he turned it down. Duvall wanted to play Quint, but Spielberg said he was too young. You know, I could kind of see him as Brody. I do. As Brody? I can see him as a young Quint. I don't no. know. I, I can't picture him getting bat shit like that. Yeah. Maybe. You know, I can hear uh, him yelling about it though. Yeah, because Duvall's always, hey, come on. Uh <laughs> mm, heartwarming stories about Richard Dreyfus and Robert Shaw's granddaughter. Uh, let's see. Spielberg cast Roy Scheider based on the French connection. Oh, that was 71, not 72. So there was a big in between or, or a bigger in between there. Dreyfus got the was tested and cast based on American graffiti, which tracks. Oh wow. Charlton Heston was annoyed with being rejected for the role of Brody. Wait a second, but it said that he was too busy making. The disaster movies. Maybe Universal didn't want to. Yeah, because that would have been too much. Too much Heston. Uh... He was in all of them. Oh, ah, Spielberg decided against it because he he thought that the the audiences would know that Charlton Heston would be able to beat the shark. Um, (laughs) But following that, uh, Spielberg or Heston vowed never to work with Spielberg and made disparaging remarks about him and. Was wow. not in 1941. He they wanted him for 41, 1941. Uh, Murray Hamilton was the only choice for the mayor. Oh my goodness! Okay, so so here. that's that's the point where uh, who's that? Robert Stack became kind of the Heston stand-in for everything. Right. Most of the third act was shot handheld, prompting Steven Spielberg to quip that Jaws was the most expensive handheld movie ever made. This would have been before Steadicam as well. I think there was some handheld at the beginning too in the house. A bunch about yeah. This this whole trivia idea is a lot better when it's not fucking five hundred things. Victoria Principal was considered for Ellen Brody. That would have sort of changed that a bit. Robert Mitchum. Robert Mitchum turned down Quint. Brody's child, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how old she, she would have been fucking, that was pre-Jaws, or that was pre-Dallas, man. She would have been like yeah, 23. she'd been super young. How's she going to have those kids? Um, <laughs> Maybe uh, Linda Evans. I could uh, probably see Linda Evans, but she's too little glam. glamorous. Yeah. Okay, so John Williams apparently used some of the same underwater two-note motif for Around the World Under the Sea in 1966. All right. Okay, so that was Jaws 1. Um, Are we ready to announce season two? Oh, Uh, uh, 
Hold on. Do we? Malton gives it four stars. I don't know if we're going to keep the Malton thing going forward. But all right, oh, yeah. season four. Uh, you ready? Yeah, uh, I'll all give right. him a clue. <laughs> give him a clue. Uh, well, it's a clue to the first uh, <laughs> films we're going to do. Um, one has something to do with basketball. And the other one has a, another sport entirely. So that's the only clue I'm going to give. Fuck that. <laughs> what? Well, that's what we're doing directly next. But actually, overall, what we're doing is <laughs> we're, we're doing duologies. Yes. So you might have heard us try to remember certain things like, what shit, stakeout, the sting, so move failed franchises of the well probably yeah. the Movies latest it's gonna go the, the first sequel yeah the latest it'll probably go is the 90s because pretty much everything gets the third sequel yeah suddenly everybody was trilogy happy by the 90s but uh so it's it's the summer of duology yes so and the first couple we're gonna do are uh the first ones I could think of were uh, the Teen Wolf movies. The actual Teen Wolf. This is not, you know. The not popular, <laughs> the right. not currently popular Teen Wolf movies, including the truly god-awful Teen Wolf 2. Yeah, Teen Wolf 2 and the OG Teen Wolf. Yes. And uh, there was going to be a third Teen Wolf, but they nixed that idea and somehow... Once they lost their star, they remixed it and called it Teen Witch. So we'll seriously, probably... oh my goodness! Yes, I didn't know that. Yes, Teen Wolf Three was gonna be um, Alyssa Milano, and somehow along the way, I guess she dropped out or somebody people lost interest or whatever. And um, yeah, a lot of the writers or whatever they cobbled it back together and created Teen Witch, which all together, if you watch that shit, it's basically the same formula as Teen Wolf. You and know? of course, Teen Wolf 2, rather infamously, is the exact same movie as Teen Wolf 1 Teen Wolf with three 1. other yeah. different scenes and a different cast. So that was the first time somebody, people really saw sequels being that rote in the, uh, in the 80s. I guess I don't know. I haven't seen enough Chuck Norris sequels, but um, oh, okay. God. So freaking Robert du- Robert Shaw was there, was not nominated for any acting awards. Really, really, it won editing, it won sound, not it even won for music. Jaws. Nope, no. Yeah. And then he got robbed. He wasn't even <laughs> nominated. BAFTA nominated Dreyfus. Wow. Yeah, because in the 70s, you just expected people to act as well as Robert Shaw. (laughs) That's kind of true. For every every point, there was like fucking Gene Hackman was doing some genius shit. That's true. That is, yes. I mean, this is, it would be hard to find a better era of white men acting than the mid-70s. Oh, yeah. That's why Tarantino was so obsessed with <laughs> right late 60s early to mid 70s all right so yes we will be back with season four we'll be back with teen wolf one and two we will be back with i mean the list goes on and on and on 
That's um, why we call it the summer of duologies. It's just going to take us. I don't know. We won't do them all, but we'll do a good number of them. We'll do a good number. And we'll have to see if by the end of season four, because it's open-ended folks, we don't have a a set number yet. Um, (laughs) If they announce another, something like Bill and Ted three, right? Like some other ruined duology because of a 30 year old sequel. Or 30 years I really wanted sequel. to do Bill and Ted, but that damn can't do it. That damn face the music fucked it all up. <laughs> Yeesh. Can't do Ghostbusters either. So I'm supposed to smile, Keanu. Jesus, <laughs> you forgot how to smile, dude. Yeah, you can't do uh Ghostbusters. Well, technically, oh. I think we can. Uh, yeah, we can. Yeah, we gotta get into the rules it's for what afterlife fuck constitutes constitutes sequels for it so because we're it's, people it's, still think 2016 is supposed to be part of the uh continuity of regular ghostbusters considering four is out of the continuity of two right yeah. yeah but there's still people who keep saying well i just ignore the 2016 you're supposed to you dummy because it doesn't you know it, it's it's not part of the the main thing now the comic did a genius thing i think they've you know hopped on the multiverse thing really you know in a clever way where they could team up with any version of the ghostbusters so now they have the you know central ghostbusters they had a thing with um they teamed up with the real ghostbusters to animate so and in this most recent one, there was this big thing where they team up with all the different versions of the Ghostbusters that have been created up till this point. Like, so you have the uh, the ones that they did for the graphic novels in the early 2000s. And then you have Extreme Ghostbusters. I mean, it was pretty good crossover. Yeah, it, they've gotten a lot better about mixing franchises. I mean, it's happened with everything, right? Like, we've seen it on a $300 million movie now. Right. But like, it's, we're not just stuck to, it's like, there's a nice cross pollination from people learning what you could do. Cause this all started the crossover franchise crossovers started in comics. Right. Yeah. And then like, it now goes into movies, but it's like, all right, we're, we're far past shit. Like, uh, Oh, wow. Oh, my God. The hair. I forgot Egon's hair and the fucking real Ghostbusters. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're past the awkwardness of aliens versus predator and shit like that. Because <sighs> that was just done in a kind of. You would have had to read the comics. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> that second one's terrible. Yes, All it right. is. It's got oh, awful. my God. It's bad. All right. On that note. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll work out the list before we start next season and share it. Maybe we won't. Who knows? Um, but yes. So thank you for listening to season three. Um, go listen to the Jaws three one, folks. Since nobody has been yet. Fuck it. I'm just gonna say. It. Right. What? What's, where, where's the love for Jaws three? Yeah, damn it. You gotta go listen to some Jaws three. If you're gonna listen to so much Jaws the Revenge, you gotta listen to some Jaws three. Um, 
for real. You don't even need the glasses for it. So I don't know why. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, anyway, uh, thanks for joining us. And we will be back with Teen Wolf next time on season Ooh. four of 709 Radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Brace yourself. Jason kids. Bateman. Yeah, Jason the Bateman. <laughs> and uh, yeah, till then. The beaches are closed for the summer here. But only for 24 hours. Only for 24 yeah. hours. for you.